Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. My name is Anya Burke. I am your host, and today I'm here with Caroline Kelly. She is a writer, a content creator, a divorce recovery coach, and a mother of two. She is the creator of Cute with Kids, a platform helping women rebuild their lives after divorce. Caroline, welcome. It's so good to have you. Uh, can you please share how you came up with your Instagram handle, Cute with Kids, and what it's all about? About five months after I started going through a divorce, and I had always kind of wanted to do something along those lines of like sharing how, you know, even though you're a mom, you can still dress cute and you can still, you know, look put together. You don't have to just wear workout clothing all the time in a mom bun. I know we all joke about that because it's easy to do. Um, but I realized that I didn't feel very good about myself when I, when I was not really putting myself together, I guess. Um, and that was what I like to do. So I think going through the divorce kind of pushed me to just launch this. Essentially, I realized I have nothing to lose. <laughs> um, and I didn't really have an experience in doing any of that. I didn't even really go on Instagram before that much. I would post like every few months, just like a random picture. So it kind of came, the name came about because I thought anyone can look cute with kids. Like you can still be cute and be a mom and care about how you look while you have kids. Um, and so that's kind of how the name came about, even though now people who I know in real life are, say, oh my gosh, you are cute with kids. And I think, yeah, that's, but it was supposed to be about, about everyone else. It wasn't supposed to be about me. It was supposed to be like, you can look cute with kids, even though you're a mom, you know, you don't have to sacrifice everything. So initially I did start talking about um, like fashion and easy outfits that were doable because my kids were one and no, no, two and four at the time. And I was still very much like in the thick of it. And I had to figure out, oh, and I was a stay at home mom. So I was kind of trying to figure out what to wear during the day that was like comfortable and that still looked kind of stylish. Um, and then also I talked about shoes because because of pregnancy, I had all these foot issues that happened and I ended up having a lot of foot pain and having to start finding like comfort shoes. I guess that's what they're called, like specific brands that are kind of podiatrists recommended and provide more support for your foot. And it was really hard. I like spent hours on Zappos looking for cute shoes that I could wear because I was on my feet all day with the kids. And so that's kind of what I started talking about. And then I started opening up about my divorce because I felt very alone at that point. I knew one other mom locally who had gone through this, the same situation. Um, but since my kids were so little, all my friends were pretty much still having babies. And it was like, my life had gone in a different direction. So I gradually started opening up about the divorce. And then over the course of a couple of years, um, I, I still kept talking about shoes and clothes, but I began talking more about my own divorce story. And the whole platform became like my journey and connecting with other women who were going through the same thing. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, when you first started, like, posting, I think it's amazing that you turned it around and started, like, because it's so, it's so true, like, if you, if you feel better, 
you know, if you dress a little put together and feel better, I can see how that changes your whole day, you know, yes. even at your lowest, if you look in the mirror and you look cute, it, it helps you um, to feel a little better, right? Yeah. Um, but I can only imagine that you attracted probably women on your on your social media because of that. Did they reach out? Did they feel like um, pulled to you? Did they message you and say, oh, my God, I'm going through the same thing or something? Did, is that how you connected with other women? Mostly? Yeah, a, a lot of women began reaching out and saying like verbatim the same story and it was really heartbreaking to hear that this happened so much because everyone who reached out had kids young children like all under the ages of I mean a lot of little kids under the ages mm. of five and up to ten and it opened my eyes to how many other women were going through the situation it wasn't it wasn't just me um which like connected us but also was really hard to actually realize how prevalent infidelity and cheating and like walking away from a marriage is right now um and I think I came across I mean I try to come across pretty authentic and I think that's one reason that I'm able to connect with people because I I just act like who I am on the camera and I I tell my story and I don't sugarcoat it and I say that it's it's hard to go through that um but, but yeah, but I still kind of, you know, I, I remember in the beginning, I thought, well, I still have my dignity. I may not have anything else, but I have my dignity and just putting on a little bit of makeup and putting on a good outfit kind of reminded me that I still had a lot of value, even though I wasn't a wife anymore, even though I was like a single mom now and essentially had been discarded for someone else. Um, but it made me like, it boosted my confidence. And I think gradually it made me realize that I still had tons of value. I could still be a wonderful mom, regardless of whether I was a wife or not. And I was still, you know, cute with kids. <laughs> I love it. I think I tried to protect my kids from a lot, but the reality is that when, when you're grieving this massive loss and your life flips upside down, it's really hard to just put on a smiling face and pretend. And I also didn't want to do that because I knew that my kids were also, they didn't really understand what was going on. So they weren't physically, I mean, they weren't really grieving that loss in the moment, but they were still, they didn't know what had happened. And so I think me kind of expressing my emotions, but not putting it on them or anything mm -hmm. helped because it allowed me to not feel like I had to pretend all the time. Um, but it kind of allowed us to just kind of move forward. And yeah, I think it modeled for them, me being resilient, like in that they still obviously don't know the story or anything and they're too little to really know about that. Um, but it did, it did, uh, it just kind of helped, helped me kind of navigate everything. And I, I tried to put like a positive spin on things, but not always. I think like it's real life and some days were good and some days were really fun and easier. And then other days were hard and I just kind of kept going and I learned as I went. So. And that's, I mean, amazing. And how, how long ago did all this happen? Like how far are you through the process? Is everything finalized? Uh, like, 
yeah how long ago did you have to go through all of this so everything finalized this january um so like january of 2022 and every the divorce was ended up being three years long oh wow it was like looking looking back on it everything happened very quickly i actually had no idea that there was infidelity until i discovered it um and I know that sounds like you can look back on things and kind of piece it together oh that kind of makes sense now but I was very much under the belief that marriage was forever and I know that sounds like okay everyone believes that but like my parents are still happily married my grandparents were married for 60 years happily and I thought that was normal and now I realize that that's pretty rare to stay with someone and actually be happy for that long with someone um so I had all these examples and it just never really occurred to me that my marriage just wouldn't keep going down that path so I actually found out um, in December of 2018, like the week leading up to Christmas, Aww. and it, it everything just happened really quickly. And so then we ended up separating on Christmas Day, like after we had opened presents with the kids, which was oh, wow. which was really traumatic. I've actually never, I don't think I've shared that except with friends. Um, it ended up being okay. I thought, oh, my Christmases are going to be ruined forever. It's just like the worst thing to ever happen. But ironically, my, my following Christmas next year was really wonderful. Um, and I think that was because I just started creating this new life and I didn't have to deal with like my in-laws and that kind of thing. So that was, that was actually a huge relief, but yeah, so we split up on Christmas and there wasn't any, there were no apologies and then the affair wasn't ended. And so oh. I ended up filing for divorce pretty quickly, um, like two weeks after that. And it became very high conflict right away. Um, and it was for a long time and we fought over, you know, typically everything that people fight over in divorce, which I think comes down to like custody and money a lot of times. And so, yeah, so took three years to settle it, but um, we actually are on like very civil terms now. And oh, that's good. That's, yeah. that's, I'm sure that's good for so many to know who are like in the beginning or in the middle of it all. And it seems like there's no good outcome in sight. Yeah, and I think a lot of it had to do with me kind of setting really firm boundaries and totally separating my life. And so we actually communicated just through a co-parenting app for a long time. I didn't, we didn't really talk in person. It was just too, too emotional and too high conflict. Um, and so I think one, one question, I'm sorry about that. Is it like a do you literally just text message back and forth or do you leave voice messages or how does a parenting app, how does that uh, work? On, but we use talking parents. And so on that app, you can like, you just message back and forth and it stores everything. And so you write the topic and then you can see when the other person read it, it's like a thread, an email thread within their app. Yeah. And so that was like hugely beneficial to us because I could just put that aside and read it when I wanted that kind of thing. 
Um, so I don't want to give the impression that like my ex and I are ever going to be good friends or anything. I, I don't, we're not, we're just not. Um, it was a really, really difficult end to our marriage, but I think for my kids, I realized that, you know, they didn't choose any of this, um, despite everything that had happened. And I wanted them to have a really healthy, normal childhood, um, as much as they could, and so I think that's kind of what I was working towards. And I also, we didn't become really civil, like friendly until pretty much the divorce was finalized because there was really nothing left to fight over at the end. So yeah, for anyone who's listening, like if you're going through this, yeah, it can be horribly high conflict, but a lot of times once you settle things, especially custody and that kind of thing, it is easier to just be civil moving Mm. forward. And then, um, I mean, you, you seem like really happy and content right now, but I can only imagine that three years was a long time and there were really low points in your life. So how, who was your support system? Where did you find like an outlet and the support? Do do you have family around or like friends or church? Like how did you, how did you cope throughout the three years? So pretty much all of what you said is what I used. I had, my parents live close by, um, And they were super supportive during that. And they would, you know, come over and help me or listen to me when I was talking about the divorce. Um, I also had found this therapist right before I discovered the affair, which is like, I now don't really believe in coincidences. I think that God was kind of preparing me for certain things. I just, I just didn't see it as that at that point. And so this this um, woman at church, I was in this Bible study group and I said, oh, you know, my husband is having these issues and, and he won't get help, even though I'm trying to get him help. And, and she said, well, why don't you go see someone? Cause I was really, I was crying at that point and I couldn't really figure out. So I knew that something was going on in my marriage. I just didn't really know what it was. And so she gave me the name of her therapist and I had made this appointment and then I had ended up canceling it because I thought, no, I don't need to go. Anyway, lo and behold, I ended up going back to her. Um, and she was like a godsend to me. She was the most phenomenal therapist that probably has ever walked this planet. She was amazing. And she, I met with her every week for a long time. And so much happened during the week, during our divorce, that even she was shocked by a lot of it. Um, but she was like a huge support. And I still talk to her and use her as a life coach now. So she, she was just an amazing part of that. Um, I went to church every week and... I had gone to church before, but more infrequently. And a lot of times the sermons just didn't really, you know, they just didn't resonate with me. I just kind of went. Um, but then that first year, it felt like the sermons were written for me and for what I was going through, um, which was, I don't know, it was just so incredible, I guess, at that point. So I did that. I would listen to a lot of like uplifting music, whether it was kind of Christian music. I felt like that just spoke to my soul and encouraged me. Um, I started writing in a journal when I was really just overwhelmed by emotions. 
And, and I simplified our life. I realized that like my life now was so different than a lot of my friends. They were still concerned with like decorations at kids' birthday parties and the right preschool and just things that I used to think were important. And now I realize they were not, they were like not even on my radar anymore. I, you know, my life was so different. I was just struggling to get by. Um, so I kind of simplified everything. I realized that I couldn't, I, I didn't want to go to birthday parties with people that I didn't really know that well, because I would see the husband and wife or the parents, you know, like blowing out the candles. And that was like a dagger through my heart. You know, it's just a reminder of I'm never, my kids are never going to have that. We're never going to have that. So I just kind of like cut back on a lot of stuff and simplified our life. And like for food, I, you know, did really easy, simple meals, like instant oatmeal in the morning and something frozen for dinner. And I use paper plates. I just tried to like make my life as easy as possible so that I could get through each day. Yeah, that's so smart. And, and I'm curious, do you think the kids, I, I guess they even like that, right? To have a simple simpler life because like sometimes my kids I remember like last Christmas I was like oh my god the house is still a mess we gotta clean up and we gotta wipe down here and and remove the clutter over here and they were like mom just it doesn't matter just you know let's enjoy and I'm like yeah it's it's so true like it's no fun for them if you stress out until the minute before and then expect everyone to enjoy I think the kids might like it a lot better right like yes they exactly what you just said and that's what I learned too that it didn't matter whether it was picture perfect or Pinterest worthy like no one really cares about that and you end up stressing yourself out for for pretty much no reason and so I think simplifying was good. It was good for me. It taught me a lot. And it was good for my kids because they just wanted to enjoy what we were doing, especially things like holidays. So it was, it was in that sense, it was really nice to cut back and simplify and not have to worry about anything. Cause I had, I had way bigger worries going right. on. Right. Yeah. And if, if they see a mom, you know, who's more, content less stress I think that's all they want you to to be there for them and not like freaking out about decorations cleaning the house and stuff I mean in general yeah. that's just so much pressure that society puts on us yeah. especially like before the holidays you decorate for Easter for Christmas but the kids don't really don't really care about that all no they don't and so yeah I definitely feel like that changed me a lot it made me a lot more relaxed like I'm still really big into or for them I was really big into like routines and nap times because I wanted them to be well rested but other stuff I'm much more relaxed and I can see as they get older how how beneficial it's been for them because mm -hmm. <laughs> occasionally they'll be like oh my gosh mom something happened you know whatever I don't know something spilled like the smoothie spilled all over the carpet I'm like oh well accidents happen we can just clean it up you know instead of like probably pre-divorce my old self would have been like oh my gosh what were you thinking you know and that right. really doesn't help and I think it's good to provide kids these tools like, okay, well we can, you know, it's, it's cause it's really not that big of a deal. 
Um, and like, how can we fix the problem instead of just freaking out and like going over and over how that happened and getting mad at ourselves. So, yeah, it looks like, you know, putting, going through something like you had to go through puts everything in perspective, right? Like the yeah. little things you can tell what's really important and what is just the little stuff. Um, so you mentioned how your life is so different now than what it was like before. So now what is the, what is the custody schedule look like? And what do you do now with your time when you don't have the kids? Um, and, and you said you were stay at home mom before, like, are you still staying home or did you go back to work? Like, what does your life look like now? Yeah, so I was, I was really lucky in the sense that I was able to stay home with them until they went to school full time. Um, and I know that's not everyone's situation. It just, it worked out in my situation. Um, but like, I, I had, because the kids were used to being with me so much, I ended up with like a larger chunk of custody and then um, each parent can take, you know, can go back to family court services every year to get more custody. And so that, that was kind of what happened every year. We went back to family court services, their dad got more custody. And then this past year we ended up getting 50% custody, which is like pretty standard in California. And I think a lot of States. Um, and it was right when my kids went back to school. So I actually used all the experience that I had gotten running my own social media and learning everything about that. And I started working for a nonprofit doing their social media, um, which was like a perfect transition for me because it was only a part-time job. And I was working when my kids were gone because we're on mm -hmm. a two five schedule. And so it helped me because that, that change to 50% custody for me was devastating. Like I really had a hard time even comprehending what I would do with my life, even though I had, you know, I had friends and I, I, we were already alternating weekends and I had stuff to do, but the reality is that moving from like a 40, 60, or I had yeah 40, 60 schedule to a 50, 50 schedule is significantly different because every two weeks, like I'm by myself for five days. Um, and it's, it's hard because everyone, you know, all my friends are, they all have their own families. Everyone has their life going on. And it's like switching back between this weird single life and then hundred percent mom. So it is really hard um, to find like a middle ground. And so about a year ago, I, um, I like gradually, I found more hobbies to fill my time and I would do my social media and that would keep me busy. And then I got back into golf, into playing golf. And I had learned like a long time ago, but I never got really into it. And so I started playing and I got kind of hooked. I started taking lessons, like a lesson a week and it was fun. It took my mind off of the divorce and then it just kind of filled my time. So it was like little by little. It wasn't like I built my life back right away. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have this amazing life. It's so wonderful. That's, that's not how I felt at all for a long time. Um, but it's just like little by little. And then one day I just thought, wow, I am, despite it all, I am really fortunate in what I do have and what my life looks like right now. 
and I should appreciate it. And it's fun. I, my kids are doing well. And I think it was a good reminder that I have so much, despite the horrible thing that happened, to, you know, oh. unexpectedly um, in my marriage. I love your perspective. It's so encouraging how you really stay positive, look at the positive and, and turn every situation around. It's really, really amazing. Um, and then I, um, do you want to share a little bit? I, I saw that you were starting or started um, getting into coaching, being a divorce coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I have thought about it because it was interesting, like through it all with my therapist, you know, she was telling me that, that I was, she was impressed. Like she was kind of, she was really impressed with how I had rebuilt my life and how proactive I was in things and in, in working towards that. Like, and I didn't really get it. You know, you just kind of think, oh, well, doesn't everyone do that? But she would be like, Caroline, you like brought a notebook and wrote down, you know, what you were going to do. You actually wanted to improve your life and to get out of this horrible situation. I thought, well, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the rest of my life or let the divorce ruin me. You know, this is, I want to enjoy the rest of my life. Um, so after the divorce finalized, I, I started thinking about that. And so I just kind of went for it, just like how I had started the social media um, or my platform. I just thought, well, I don't have anything to lose. And I have this following and people seem to you know, like me and what I'm talking about. I clearly resonate with with um, what everyone's going through. And so I honestly just went for it um, because I know that it was hugely important for me to have someone who could support me through it um, and listen and be neutral in the sense that they weren't family, you know, they weren't like emotionally upset by it. Um, and so that's where I feel like my therapist was more of like a life coach as opposed to a therapist, but she kind of set the example for me of exactly what I needed and what helped me. And so I learned from her on, on how to really coach women and how to move them forward. Cause that's what we want to do. We, we don't want to get stuck in this horrible place and be bitter and angry for the rest of our lives. Cause that will affect our kids. We want to learn, like, how do you actually get into a different place? How do I do this on a day-to-day -day basis? How do I fill this time that I now have and I don't know what to do with? Like all those practical, you know, you need all those practical answers and sometimes you can't come up with them on your own. So that's kind of what I'm doing as a divorce coach. And I think it has, I mean, it's, it's really amazing and I, it sounds so perfect for you because it's all, it just happened for you. So I think women can totally relate to you because you've just gone through it. Yeah. Um, but it sounds to me like it comes down to a lot of mindset, right? Like a lot of mindset work, you just have to look at the, at the positive. Um, but like in your case, when something devastating like this happens, like, would you say you were able to forgive him or forgive yourself for not seeing what was happening and I'm not blaming you or anything, but yeah. I'm sure there were moments because you said it was a long-term affair where you were like, why did I not see this? Why was this all happening? 
Um, so do you think you had to forgive yourself and you had to forgive him? And have you forgiven him to really move on and be able to look him in the eye and, and, and have a, like you said, a more um, friendly relationship now? Yeah, so I think, yes, I had to forgive myself because I think in the beginning, I questioned how I didn't see this. Like, how could I have not seen any of this happening? And what's wrong with my judgment? And how did I allow someone to pretty much gaslight me about a lot of things? You know, I'd say, but but you got home at this time. And then the response was, no, you're wrong. I got home way earlier and I slept on the couch and I like would doubt myself, you know? So I think I questioned my ability to read someone in the beginning, like, especially when it came to dating, I thought, well, what if I miss, what if I miss something? Like, what if I missed something big when I married my ex? You know, I didn't see it. I don't think I did. My ex was very, very polished and very charming. And everyone in our family was totally shocked by what had happened. So like, there wasn't anyone who was like, oh, I saw that one coming. So that kind of made me reassured me that it wasn't something I blatant that I had missed. Um, so I kind of forgave myself over that. And I think I was on hyper alert when I started dating. I was like, okay, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's not what I want. Um, because I wanted to make sure that I was looking for the right things. So I definitely had to forgive myself over kind of overlooking that and realize that I had really just trusted my spouse, which is what you're supposed to do in a marriage. I just totally. trusted that he yeah. was telling me the truth and that he was confiding in me with what, you know, was going on with him. And I had no idea that, in fact, he was leading a totally separate life behind my back. So I don't, like, that's not something that I blame myself for. I think I did in the beginning, but I realized that a normal person in a healthy relationship trusts their spouse. And that's what I did. And I think he used that trust to get away with, you know, what he was, what he was doing on the side. Um, so for forgiveness for him, honestly, it took me a really long time to get there because I was so shocked and so angry. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even the affair really. It was like how I was treated afterwards, which was really badly. And in my head, I could not understand how like someone who I loved, who I thought loved me, would continue to hurt me after they had already inflicted like the worst pain imaginable on me. And so that really like added a lot of fuel to the fire in the divorce um, because I, I was, I was treated horribly um, and I couldn't understand. I couldn't even comprehend it really. And I think it was, I mean, it, I think it was like getting to the end of the divorce and then really realizing that my life was not even just like, okay, but really actually good. And which sounds funny because it's like, how can your life be that great after having all this happen to you? But it's not perfect, you know, like, no, it's never going to be perfect. Um, but like every day is good. I get to be with my kids. We have a great relationship. I'm able to still work part-time and then do my own thing on the side. Um, my life did not like go down this horrible, dark path after the divorce. And I think realizing that just allowed me 
to kind of forgive him because I realized that my mindset used to be he ruined my life and he ruined the kid's life. And a while ago, I thought, no, he ruined his own life because he has to live with the consequences of his actions for the rest of his life. I don't, you know, I I do have to live with the consequences of everything, but like, I did not choose to cheat on him. I, I didn't really take part in any of that. I just chose to keep moving forward and focus on my kids. And so I think that's, that's something that helped me forgive him because I, I almost feel, a, I don't feel bad for him, but I feel bad in the sense that it's my kid's father. And I feel like he had a, a pretty good life and our relationship was pretty good. And he threw it away for someone who he's not even with anymore. And so that to me is, is, is sad because family in the end, I think it's so important. It's so much of your life. And to just discard it so easily, you know, it it makes me a little sad for him. Yeah, but then again, this shows your character, like what a, what a good person you are. And um, yeah, it's, it makes so much sense that it, it looks in the beginning, like your whole life is falling apart, but now three years down the road, it, I mean, you are in a good place. And, and like you said, he's not even with that person anymore so I totally agree like long term he's gonna be the one he's probably already really mad at himself um or not you don't know but um yeah and I think like for me I don't you know I I don't really care because our lives are so separate and it doesn't really affect me um I used to think it would affect me a lot but it, it doesn't really affect me and you know, whatever he does with his life is fine. Um, but I'm just proud of the fact that that I got to where I am and that all these opportunities really arose for me because, because of going through this divorce, honestly. Um, and I would, I probably would have just stayed in, you know, if that, if the, if I hadn't found out about the affair, I would have just stayed in that marriage and it, it was fine. Um, but there were things that I think were hurting me as a person and as a mom. Um, and I think I am a much better mom now and a much more, a much better person overall, because now I understand that everyone goes through these really hard things in their life. You know, you're not the only one and it makes you feel really connected with, with someone when you share your story and when you hear their story and you realize that, you know, people kind of make it seem like their life is easy and good and everything's perfect. And the reality is that it's not. Um, Everyone has their own struggles. And like the strongest people I know are the people who have persevered through really tough times and they still are positive and enjoying life. Yes, totally. And you are such a good example. I really love it. And um, so now do... Do, if, if someone is going through all of this and wants to work with you, like, how does it look like? Do they find you online? How do, is it like one-on-one coaching? Is it like, how, how can someone work with you to get your support? Um, good question. So yeah, right now I'm doing one-on-one coaching and it's very easy. If you go to my Instagram, which is cute with kids and you just tap the link in bio right there, um, you can leave your phone number and I'll just text you right back and we can set up a free consultation 
And then, yeah, whatever. I mean, some people want to talk once a week. Some people, you know, need more help than that. Depends on what they're going through at the time um, or every other week. So it's really individual. It's kind of catered to that individual. Okay, that sounds good. And I'm going to um, link your social media and your website so people can find you. Um, I feel like you answered it a little bit, but last question is what, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from this whole situation you had to go through, you know? Hmm, my biggest takeaway. Um, I guess the realization just to enjoy the little things because if you don't, then you, you miss them. And I think previously before the divorce, you know, I was so consumed with the future, our future plans and where they were going to go to school and whether we were saving enough money and I don't know, th birthday parties and that kind of stuff. And I wasn't really focusing on the present. I didn't realize how everything could just vanish so quickly. Um, I just thought that what it looked like now or what my life looked like then was just going to be how it always looked like. And now I realize it doesn't and that I need to enjoy every moment that I'm in um, because it, it, like time is fleeting. My kids are growing so quickly and now I do only see them 50% of the time. And so I, I try to really enjoy all the little moments and they don't have to be huge things I'm like a firm believer that kids are pretty happy doing little things like I don't know like here's the story my, my kids I guess went to the circus with their dad um and they loved it they had a great time but I asked well, what was your favorite thing and they were like the cotton candy oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's so I, such a good example it, it's so true like they they don't care about the big stuff they just love, yeah yeah they just want our time and they want us to pay attention to them um and that really is like the biggest deal for kids i think sometimes as adults we especially after divorce you feel guilty like i'm not doing enough or the old, other parent is doing more and i think for kids it's it's really, it's very simple. Like you can just be there with them and do simple things. Like, I don't know, have an ice cream party at your house or we do pizza and movie night, like every Friday that I have them. And I didn't realize that it would turn into this like huge thing. Um, but my kids are obsessed with it. Like they talk about it all week. They're like, oh my gosh, on Friday we have pizza and movie night. And like, we don't even watch a movie. We watch like, they, they're like very sensitive. So we watch like Bluey, you know, it's, <laughs> But, but it's something they love and they look forward to. And it's so easy for me. I mean, we pretty much do like a frozen pizza, you know, and then eat, eat on the couch and watch the movie. And it's a big deal. So I think for me, it's like the simple things are really the big things in life. And I just feel like I'm much more aware of being present in the moment now and enjoying my time with them and enjoying my time uh, without them. It's all so beautiful. I feel like you are such a ray of sunshine and it's hard to believe that you just went through all these devastating things. Like here you are like so positive and so joyful. I'm like very happy for you. And I think the divorce coaching sounds like it's such, it's the perfect, perfect career for you. And um, I'm sure, like you said earlier, you seem really, really authentic and I'm sure women 
relate to you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see how this all gonna unfold. Um, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna, at the end, I'm gonna put all your, the links, how people yeah. can find you and work with you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for, for being my guest today. That was really exciting. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. And I feel like I know you too. I mean, I have, I've looked at your Instagram a few times. So yeah. And you're local here in San Diego, right? Yeah. 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 So small world. It is. Yeah. All right. Then thank you so much and all the best. Okay. Thank you. Take you care. Too. Bye. Okay. Bye.